0: Our text as we celebrate this 4th of July holiday is taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Paul writes and says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself." So far, our text. Well, here we are at the tail end of the 4th of July holiday, still celebrating the land of the free and the home of the brave. Let freedom reign. That being said, it is rather sad that only one in four Americans can tell you that the 4th of July marks the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776, and about the same number of citizens have no clue that the Revolutionary War was fought against the British. However, when asked, most Americans are able to say that the 4th of July has something to do with freedom. And that's nice. What exactly is freedom? I mean, come on, that is rather vague. It's a pretty broad concept. What do you think? What is the definition of freedom? Well, that depends, doesn't it? In fact, it depends whether or not you are a Christian or a non-Christian because Christians and non-Christians define freedom in completely different ways. It's true. If you want to know the non-Christian, the pagan definition of freedom, all you have to do is Google the word freedom. I did, and this is what my computer regurgitated. It said this, Freedom, the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or complaint. I'm going to read that again. The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or complaint. What do you think about that? I know what a teenager thinks about that. All right, I can do whatever I want to do. I know I'm only 15, Mom and Dad, but I want the keys to the car. And I want to date whoever I want to date and go wherever I want to go and stay up all night and vape watermelon-flavored nicotine to my heart's content. But that kind of freedom is not going to happen on the watch of the parental units that I know because parents are well aware that just as absolute power always corrupts absolutely, absolute freedom corrupts absolutely too. But that definition of freedom is the mantra and the credo of our culture today. It's my right to do or say or think anything and everything and no one better try to stop me or complain about it or I'm going to call my lawyer. Our culture calls this personal freedom and it's a nightmare. Why should I care about the blob of protoplasm lodged within my womb? It's my body. If I want to use an AR-15 to become famous, that's my business. I'm tired and bored of being married to my spouse. If I want to F bomb my sixth grade teacher, no one's going to stop me. You know what? I think I'll trade my gender in for a new one. You can clearly connect the decline of civility, the lack of respect for human life, the decay of biblical marriage, and the distortion of God's beautiful gift of our sexuality to this worldly definition of freedom. It's freedom on steroids. And it makes no sense, does it? After all, there is no such thing as absolute freedom. That animal does not exist because everyone has a master, don't they? Or to put it another way, only God enjoys absolute freedom. Only God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, as long as he wants to do it. Do you know why? Because he's God. And that's what's found on his job uh, description. And so when God created mankind in his own image, yes, God gifted Adam and Eve with freedom. Free will, we call it. The ability for them to make their own choices, their own decisions. God didn't create robots. But it wasn't absolute freedom of choice, was it? No, there were limits to that freedom. There were boundaries. You shall not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden, lest when you eat of it, you shall surely die. But our culture has sold its soul to the notion of absolute personal freedom. But it's not real. It's a delusion. It's, it's a pipe dream. Unless you are God, absolute freedom does not exist. All right, let's turn the page. That's the scoop on the pagan definition of freedom. But what about the Christian definition? Way back in 2002, Christian author and pastor Rick Warren wrote a book that sold about a zillion copies it was called the purpose-driven life. In other words, what is the purpose of your life? You know, why do you exist? Why are you here? Well, let me read to you the very first words of the first paragraph in the book. Pastor Warren writes, he says, "It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind or even your happiness." It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you are placed on this planet, you must first begin with God. You were born by his purpose, for his purpose. Unquote. Did you hear that? God put you and me on this earth... For a purpose and the purpose is pretty simple after all he's the creator we are the creatures our purpose is to serve God alright fast forward sin got in the way of serving God and Adam and Eve man began to serve themselves instead fast forward some more God sent Jesus to restore what sin had broken to make it possible for forgiveness Peace with God, make it possible to serve God once more as he intended. And that's exactly what Paul talks about in Romans 6, 22, when Paul says, But now you have been set free from sin, thank you Jesus, and have become slaves of God. Not just servants. The word there uh, for slave is doulos, and that's what it means, slaves of God. Jesus lays down his life to free you from sin so you can fulfill your life purpose and serve God as he intended. Ah, so let's connect the dots. The pagan definition of freedom, you're free to do whatever you want to do. The Christian definition, Christ has freed you to serve God. You get that? Freed to serve. And that's a beautiful definition oxymoron all right breathe in breathe out because the next logical question is this All right, if Christ has freed us from sin to serve God well what does that service look like loving God believing in him worshiping God obeying God always to serve your creator but there's also this You serve God when you serve one another. You serve God when you love your neighbor. Martin Luther loved that. Martin Luther loved the idea of Christians being freed by Christ to serve God through loving their neighbor. And believe it or not, Luther often equated loving your neighbor with being a good citizen by supporting the governing officials whom God allows to rule in his place on this earth. Luther said this, he said, Christians should submit themselves to the sword to government, pay taxes, honor authorities, preserve peace, punish sin, and do all that one can as a citizen and further the government out of love for one's neighbor. And that's a far cry, isn't it, from the prevailing attitude about government Uh, on both sides of the aisle in Washington. You don't serve yourself. You serve God by being a good citizen. And you love your neighbor in the process. All right. No sleeping yet. No donuts yet. I'm going to throw you another little Luther bone to gnaw on. And here it is. Because Luther also believed that Christ has freed you to serve God by loving your neighbor through your vocation, through your job, through how you make your living. well, What does that look like? It looks like this. If you're a mom, then you serve God by being the best mom that you can. And you raise children who love God and know Jesus who will grow up to make a positive difference in people's lives, and that's loving your neighbor. You know, and it trickles down if you drive a school bus or fix potholes all day or crunch numbers behind a desk or bag groceries or supersize orders or even raise chickens. You do your work to the best of your ability as if God were your boss, as if God was signing your paycheck because he really is your boss and he really does sign your paycheck when you think about it and you will serve God and you will love your neighbor in the process. Okay, all right. So what do you think about this this morning? Not quite the usual 4th of July sermon fair, is it? You know, where I re- revisit some historical battles or, or read quotes from famous patriots. Okay, I'll throw in one patriotic quote this morning because I know you love that thing. All right, here it is. Ready? Ready? It is necessary for the welfare of the nation that men's lives be based on the principles of the Bible. No man, educated or uneducated, can afford to be ignorant of the Bible, unquote, Theodore Roosevelt. And one of those biblical principles that Roosevelt writes about is freedom, isn't it? Not the freedom of our culture that says you're free to do whatever you want to do, that's not freedom at all. It's a lie. Real freedom is always Christian freedom. Real freedom is Christ freeing you and me from sin, death, and the devil. Real freedom is Christ setting you free to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Real freedom is being set free to love God as you love your neighbor and as you love our nation let freedom reign amen and the peace in christ that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in